Hello, and welcome to Souls and Hearts. I'm Dr. Jerry Crete, and I'm a marriage and family therapist. My colleague, Dr. Peter Malinowski, is a clinical psychologist. Together, we have developed Souls and Hearts as a web-based platform offering education and resources in mental health from a Catholic perspective. As Peter and I have been preparing for this Advent season, we reflected on the role that the church's weekly readings have in readying our, well, our souls and hearts for a journey closer to God. As a penitential season and the beginning of the church's liturgical year, Advent calls us to repentance and to prepare the way for Christ in our lives. It calls us to change. Much of the practice of psychology is about helping people to identify and then enact healthy change. We thought it would be interesting and useful to unpack the weekly readings with a discussion on how, from a psychological perspective, we can approach the wisdom and the challenge of the Advent call to journey closer to God to prepare the way for Christ in our lives. And so here it is, our first Advent series, a weekly program where we discuss the upcoming readings for Sunday Mass, while we also explore psychological concepts and practical life applications. Peter and I are excited about this journey for ourselves and excited to share it with you. We hope you find it valuable and would love to hear your thoughts each week as we seek to meet the needs of you and your family this Advent. Welcome to Souls and Hearts, Be With the Word, in Advent Episode 1. Before we begin this episode, I will read for you the readings for the first Sunday of Advent. Feel free to skip past this section if you've already read them. The first reading is from Isaiah. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest mountain and raised above the hills. All nations shall stream toward it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us climb the Lord's mountain to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may instruct us in his ways, and we may walk in his paths. For from Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and impose terms on many peoples. They shall bear their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. One nation shall not raise a sword against another, nor shall they train for war again. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. The second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, you know the time. It is the hour now for you to awake from sleep. For our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is advanced. The day is at hand. Let us then throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves properly as in the day, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in promiscuity and lust, not in rivalry and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of Matthew. 
Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So will it also be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too, you also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. Hi, welcome to Souls and Hearts with the Word. And I'm Dr. Jerry Creed, and I'm here with... I'm Dr. Peter Malinowski, clinical psychologist in Indianapolis. And I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia. And today we're going to be looking at this upcoming Sunday's readings, which come for the first Sunday of Advent. New liturgical year. We're on it. That's it. That's right. That's right. And we each have a different takeaway that we're going to explore today. And mine is people who believe they can change will change. And I am going to be talking about and looking at bright, shiny objects and how they affect us. So giving up bright, shiny objects. We'll expand on that as we roll into this. So. Yes. Yes. All right, Dr. Peter. Uh, hey, it's good to see you. <laughs> you too. You too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So. Well, uh, this is our first real show uh, that we're launching. So we're excited that it's happening at Advent. And I really enjoyed getting into the readings for this week mm-hmm. and uh, especially looking at Isaiah. Okay. And I can see that Isaiah is going to come up uh, throughout Advent. Yeah. Uh, and it's really that call, right? The call to come closer to God, ultimately. Yep. Um, I was just kind of wondering if anything kind of hit you uh, yeah. from that reading. Yeah, no, it's right here. Um, you know, this um, to awake from sleep, you know, this, this wake up, you know, this, this call to awake from sleep. That was like really, that's what really uh, got me. Well, it was actually, I'm sorry. I, I'm climb the mountain. I was, I was up on the wrong page. Climb the mountain. Let's climb the Lord's mountain. That was really the thing from Isaiah that got me. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt the same way. Like I thought um, the idea of climbing a mountain and getting to knowledge of God mm-hmm. was really struck me. And what does it mean to have knowledge of God? Because I really feel like the intersection of psychology and faith has to be knowledge and wisdom, I would think. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that just understanding of the human person. And I felt like, in this passage, we have the idea of going to the mountain and receiving and getting instruction from God. And I thought that was so powerful. And that part of it is that um, he's going to turn, you know, uh, swords into plowshares. He's going to turn spears into pruning hooks. He's going to give light that is going to transform us instead of being people who battle and have conflict into people who actually cultivate people who make change people who serve him. And, and I, I don't know, this just really hit me that this is what Advent is all going to be about. Yeah. 
Well, what struck me about climbing the mountain was we don't want to take anything extra. We've got to leave the piano behind, you know, like if we're going to climb the mountain, you know, we've got to uh, shut off things that are going to keep us from being able to make that ascent, you know? And so in Advent, that's something that comes to mind for me. So how do we do that? You know, that's one of the questions that is going to be in the back of my mind as we roll through this. So. Right, right, exactly. And, and then we kind of move to Romans because the, the right. second reading is in Romans. And again, we're getting this awake from sleep kind of thing. So obviously we're heading into Advent. It's the whole idea of wake up, don't sit around and, and something's coming. And so there's this, there's an anticipation, Right. And, and I thought it was interesting that again, this use of the word armor of light, you know, put on an armor of light. And in Isaiah, it says, walk in the light of the Lord. Right. And this whole you know, turning away from works of darkness. So there's this real putting on armor of light means you're changing in a way that is simply good, healthy, um, in line with what God wants. Right. And, and so what does that mean? How do we change our conduct? If we recognize that we need change, right? Because, you know, the things that, that, that Paul mentions, right. Are don't do orgies. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't get of drunkenness. Don't be licentious. Don't be jealous. So there's all those, you know, you could make a list, right. Of right. All, all the, the sins and things. And so, we're being called to some kind of change. And so one of the things I wanted to explore and look at was what motivates us to do that? I mean, what motivates us to stay awake? What motivates us to actually make a change that might even last um, rather than just, okay, we're going to do a fast for a couple of, you know, for 40 days or something and then be done. Right. You know um, because I know for some people there might be an ability to make a change you know, for a short period of time for some purpose, maybe, but even that can be a challenge. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's difficult to change. I mean, we got to be honest about that with our people. You know, it's difficult to change. It's easier to stay the same way we are. And so you're getting at the psychological concept of motivation. Like how can we enhance our motivation to change? It's right in our psychological wheelhouse. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So I did want to explore what are, um, what's one way that we can get motivated, right? And one of the ways I wanted to put out there was a cost-benefit analysis. So what does it look like to create a cost-benefit analysis? You know, it's, you know, you could even, you know, create a pro and con list, if you like, but it's looking at what are the things that I want to change? What will happen if I make a change, what will I get out of it? And what will happen if I don't make a change? Well, that's a really critical one at the end there. What will happen if I don't make a change? I really think that's an important aspect of that. So it's more than a pro-con list. Yeah. Pro-con and then stay the same type of list. So is there anything, Peter, you're wanting to, you know, work on or change coming up for Advent? <laughs> oh, wow. You're going to put me on the spot here, Jerry, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to think about it. I have a history of sort of being attracted to things and a bright, shiny object. I can get very passionate about things and right. bright, shiny objects or BSOs. And, um, and these, these are attachments, right? So I'm going to look at what weighs me down as I'm trying to climb the mountain. You know, what, what's holding me back from the greater good, right? And so that's something that is an ongoing, you know, it's an ongoing uh, part of how I 
look at my life. And so uh, is it come up on an advent? To be honest, it's still a little early. We're not quite there yet. So I haven't like figured out exactly what I'm going to be doing, but that's definitely uh, where I'm going to be with the rest of our viewers that engage with us on this, you know, with all of you guys to, to be figuring that out, to be figuring out mm. and setting aside some time to be doing that. So. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll be honest. I want to give up um, sweets. Oh. <laughs> I want to give up um, nuts. I know that sounds like a weird thing to give up, but it's my go-to snack when I don't eat like bad, worse things. Mm-hmm. And then I eat too many. Okay. So I want to give up, so it sounds weird, but I want to give up snacking at night and, and that. And so, so I think about it, what makes it hard, what, what would happen if I do give those things up? So positively, you know, obviously I might lose some weight. Um, I might, feel healthier. I might, um, who knows, maybe have a better night's sleep. I don't know if that will happen, but by giving up sort of any sweets and snacks and stuff like that, I may also just also get a little less attached to things or reliant on just food that makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. So, um, those are some of the ways I think it would, would help me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have to think if I think through it, like what will happen if I don't Mm -hmm. like, if I don't make the change, what are some of the negative effects? The negative effects are kind of like, well, I'll stay where I'm at. Am I okay with the status quo? You know, am I okay? um, Possibly, you know, not making progress in my health goals, whether that's weight loss, whether that's just being more fit, um, I'm not going to get there. And so I really have to start to explore, well, why is it that, you know, why am I attached to this? And, and I guess I'd be curious, like, um, what would help me to support me to do that? Any thoughts? So what would help you to support you in, um, let me make sure I'm understanding the question in, and giving up the sweets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think a focus on like what the benefits are going to be, you know, mm-hmm. like what, you know, what you can anticipate um, good that's going to come from, because it's hard, right? I mean, there's a reason why you're attracted to the sweets. There's a reason why we get attached to the things that we do. And one of the things that I find that makes it easier to do something like that, to give up something that we're attached to is to figure out what it represents. What does it represent to mm. me? Like, what does it mean to me? Is there, what's the meaning that this particular attachment has, right? Mm. And that could be something that has to do with um, pleasure, could be security, could be safety, could it be a sense of satisfaction? It, somehow it contributes to my sense of well-being, right? So, um, so one of the ways you figure out um, what that, what that attachment means to you, what that bright, shiny object means to you is to give it up and then to see what your emotional reactions are. Mm, right. Yeah. To be able to tell you, because then you can look to have those needs met in some way that's healthier. So yeah. really ordered toward the good, the beautiful, the true that's ordered toward God, that's ordered toward deeper relationship with, uh, with God and with other people. Yeah. So that's a really good point. Cause I'm thinking about what you're just saying right. and, and my temptation would be to do it at night. Right. So by then I'm tired. Okay. Maybe. Uh, so that might be a factor just simply being kind of tired. Maybe I haven't 
eaten well enough throughout the day. So I haven't had good discipline, maybe self-care throughout the day. So like I'm super nutrition. You mean like, like, yeah, like if I don't eat enough all day, then I'm super hungry at the end of the day. Oh uh, yeah. 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 So I'm not maybe taking good care of myself, but to your point though, um, maybe also um, I'm feeling something I don't want to feel right. Maybe I'm, I'm not sure what that is. Like maybe that's uh, maybe I'm lonely or maybe I'm, sad about something. Maybe I feel bad about something. And so the food just kind of like soothes, soothes. Right. And so to your point, what would I do if I recognized, Oh, that's why I'm eating. Or that's one reason at least. Right. Right. Um, how do I address those bad feelings? Well, it's also like the type of food. Like I know that I go for chocolate when I'm having relational struggles in my family. Right. Especially, my, right. you know, my family, you know? Um, and so, you know, it can be like a barometer. Like if you know what your attachments are and you know what your bright, shiny objects are, you know, it can like cue you to like something that you need. And so an antidote for that, when, when there's like relational difficulties for me is to reconnect in uh, with friends or mm. with, um, with God, right. You know, people that, people that I trust and that I, that I have relationships with that I've chosen to be close to me. And then also prayer, right? And if it's, uh, you know, and if, and so that's really important too. So it's like, but you don't, I, I don't know that necessarily unless I give it up. If I just mow down on the chocolate, I won't know that, <laughs> right? right. You know, so right. that's one of the things that, that I think is really important, you know, in this season, because Advent's the penitential season. We're, we're in Advent. We're coming up on Advent now. You know, we wear the purple, just like we do in Lent. It's like a little Lent. Some people know that, you know, some people may not. But it's a chance to sort of peel away things that kind of get between us and, um, and God. Going back to that light, you know, that image of the armor of light that you had raised. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what's going to keep us from shining, right? Yeah. Getting in the way of that shining. So. Yeah, no, I think. And what's interesting is in Matthew, right? In the Gospel of Matthew, right. the, the theme there is, you know, obviously be prepared. Stay awake because you right. just don't know when right. God returns. Right? right. And so, you know, am I going to, is God going to return? And I'm just stuffing my face. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that sounds bad, but, right. but I just mean, you know, am I just numbing pain? Am I just <laughs> avoiding stuff? Am I just so busy that I'm, you know, disappears somewhere or whatever. Right. And so it's about, you know, what does it mean to be sober? What does it mean to be alert and yep. prepared? Yep. Um, so, Hey, you know what? I think this would be a good moment just to pause for a second. Yes, I was just thinking that. Just <laughs> and just because if you're listening to this show and you're listening to Peter and I talk and you, we're just, we're two mental health professionals who are friends who are, you know, we're colleagues and souls and hearts. And we, you probably don't even know what we are and what we're doing <laughs> and why we're talking about this. So, you know, maybe let's say a few things yeah. to our listeners. So souls and hearts, what is souls and hearts? Well, we at Souls and Hearts are trying to bring the best of psychological resources grounded in a Catholic worldview to people online, right? We want to form a community of people that are really interested in understanding psychology and human formation, you know, from a Catholic perspective. And not just to understand it intellectually in some sort of reified, you know, intellectual way, but actually how to live that out right, to bring it to you. And we've been doing this, Jerry and I, and our, our other contributors that we're going to have come on board have been doing this for decades. 
And we want to bring that to you in a way that where we can reach a lot more people because we think it's desperately needed in the world today. So, so we're going to be creating, we are creating a number of courses and we're going to be offering many free courses in the coming weeks uh, that you can access at soulsandhearts.com and you can access, you know, through a, different length from this YouTube video from Facebook and various things. So we're going to have courses, but we're also going to have blogs and basically from multiple Catholic mental health professionals from around the country. And we're going to be offering just a lot of really great resources. And, but this, this show that we're doing right now is just a way for you to get to know us, but also uh, for us in maybe a more casual way, um, share our vision. And we're really excited about doing this weekly show where we reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings yep, and just kind of explore them and look at what maybe the psychological implications for them. Right. And we want to hear from you guys too. I mean, listen, this is about being in community. So, so let us know what your thoughts are. Let us know what you need. Let, let us know what you like about the show and let us know what you don't like, you know, so that we can actually, you know, that we can actually bring this uh, to be something that's more and more helpful to you as time goes on. So. Yeah, we're here. So we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's segue back. Okay. Cause yes. I wanted to get my takeaway was people who believe they can change will change. Uh -huh. And so even, so if you've done your cost benefit analysis and you've looked at pros and cons, you looked at what will happen if I just stay where I'm at and I don't make a change and you don't like that. And you look at the things that can happen if you do change and you, you start to say, yeah, you know what? I need to change. Right. Well, what about um, believing that you can change, right? Because I feel like a, a lot of the readings in this week and in coming weeks, hope is a major theme. And I think hope in psychological terms, what do we call that? Positive expectancy, <laughs> right? We like to change the names. <laughs> right. And it, it means you, you can believe you can change. And, and the I believe our, our, our gospel readings, our readings are saying, are definitely saying God is saying to you, you can change. Mm -hmm. um, and that this otherwise, why even bother? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it's possible to put away, so, put away these things or to make even a small change in your life now, but it has to come with optim optimism. We have to believe it and we need to hear it. I think we hear that in the words when Jesus says, or um, yeah, no, sorry. Well, it's St. Paul who says, put on the armor of light. Right. If you put on the armor of light, wow, you can be different. And that is so exciting to know that we're being called on to, um, to make those changes and actually be awake and we can do it mm -hmm. and how glorious it will be too. Um, you know, like the, this whole discussion of, of the mountain, you know, going to the mountain um, in Isaiah, it's like, it, it's going to be glorifying. It's going to be positive and good. And when we're at the bottom, sometimes it just feels hard, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What's the thing about attachments, you know, these bright, shiny objects is they lull us into sleep. You know, they distract us. They, they, they cast a spell over us in a sense. They blind us to spiritual realities, you know, and so that's why they become these huge drag weights you know, that, that we, you know, that we, that inhibit us from, from being able to connect to, to going up to the mountain and to connect with other people too. They're always killjoys. You know, the, the, the attachments always wind up robbing us of real joy. So, you know, so, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, I think a lot of times 
in penitential seasons or when we, we, we think about giving up something, we don't think about like what's going to replace it. You know, we don't think about the good that we're going to have coming in. So that's why in this, in this way that Jerry's laying out the thinking about like the good things that will come as a, as a function of this and, and believing in those, that's really important. Mm -hmm. right? Otherwise it can just look like we're giving up something that, you know, that, that we see as giving us a perceived good, you know, and that's, that's, then it's just willpower, you know, and, <laughs> you know, one of the things that, you know, as clinicians do, uh, that we do as clinicians is we try to figure out what, yes, the will has to be engaged. Sometimes it's just going to be a struggle with temptation and so forth, but we don't, we want to make it, we want to work on making it easier, right? If it can be easier because we're using some of the techniques that we're talking about like today and then souls and hearts generally, that's wise, right? If you're going into battle, you don't want to make the battle harder for your troops, right? You want to, you want to try to find ways to make it easier, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's going to be hard enough as it is. So, yeah. 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 Well, and then another thing I just want to bring up is, are you actually ready to do it? <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause you might be got to a point where, yeah, I'm willing. I realize this has to change. Maybe there's a health reason. Maybe there's a spiritual reason. Um, but I have to change. You may now know, or may, may start to see, Hey, I am capable. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can do it. I know I can do it, but am I actually ready? <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it the top of my priority list right now? Right. Is it something, is it important to me? Important enough that I'm actually going to, to, to intentionally set out to do it. Mm -hmm. And, I think once you decide that you are change is right is is right in front of you, but not if we don't if we're not willing if we're not if we don't believe we're able or we don't think we're ready you know, sometimes the cost can seem too high, right, and then we can take a look at that you know yeah. is it that the cost seems seems too high you know yeah mm hmm yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if I, to give up, to go back to my example, like if, if I'm attached to those sweets because I feel bad, right? Maybe I feel bad about myself or something, then having to open that up a little bit and actually be vulnerable and, you know, maybe go to somebody and say, Hey, I'm feeling bad. Right. Or I'm scared right. or I feel whatever. I'm sad about something that's hard, right? Like that takes that takes, um, that's a bit of challenging for many people. So then it becomes more, uh, more, uh, it becomes more than just giving up sweets, right? It becomes this yeah. process of change, right? That's just sort of like the tip of the iceberg. That's the part you can see above the water, right? But if you actually get at what's below the water, right? That's where most of the iceberg is, right? That's why this stuff is so, so important, you know, to, to work with. Yeah. And that's why I like the imagery in these readings between darkness and light, because looking at it in this context, you know, if you stay like hidden and you keep all your bad feelings and all of your issues kind of in darkness, it's enclosed. Mm -hmm. And if you walk in the light, you're freer to be, to be vulnerable, which might sound scary, but you, it can be liberating. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you're, you're walking in truth. You're, you're, being more yourself before God and others. And, and think about St. Paul. What does he talk about? Like he talks about the armor of light. Yeah. What does light do, right? It protects us. Hmm. That's what armor does, right? A lot of times we look to the darkness to protect us, 
we want to hide things because of shame or because of fear, or because of, you know, because they're threatening to us in some way. So he's, he's proposing a radical new way of looking at this. And that is that the light can be our armor, right? But for so many people, that's a huge paradigm shift. Yeah. Yeah. I love that image. The armor of light mm-hmm. never really perspective you know, really seen it. Like you picture armor of light, wearing an armor of light. Right. That's fantastic. I think, you know, it it feels very different than chain mail. If you're going up a mountain, right. Yeah. You know, like, somehow it seems light, even the, 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 uh, you know, the, the, the double meaning in English, right. Between light and also the light is bright and then light is not heavy. Right. Right. right Oh yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So it's beautiful. I mean, I never thought about it that way until we had this discussion either. Like, I mean, it's just coming out and what we're doing. Because you know? to me, it just speaks to accessing the, the true self, right? And, and the true self and the way I look at it is, you know, God's light within, I suppose. And so allowing that light to just, you know, kind of emanate from this armor. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of how I see it. Mm-hmm. And it just feels empowering to me. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? The other line, wasn't there a line in there also put on Jesus? I feel like that was, um, I think that was Paul again. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Put, and, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. Right. So we're, yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm just curious about that too. Like, and how that might, might relate, like putting on Jesus, um, wearing armor of light and putting on Jesus is like allowing Jesus's light almost to shine from us, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, um, I think some of it is that it's to describe something of the relationship we're supposed to have. Right. I mean, the whole author Christus, Ipsi Christus, you know, that we are to become another Christ, Christ himself, you know, mm-hmm. to be bringing that into us, to be in that kind of connection with the light. Right. Cause you know, our Lord, the Lord tells us that he's the light. And yeah. This, right. This this imagery of light and darkness is something we're going to see a lot of, and especially in Advent. Um, yeah. See that theme of light and darkness uh, coming up a lot, and um, you know the 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 I think the prayers in here are are for the for the um, for the uh, for the uh, the first Sunday of Advent are also really evocative. You know, like um, talking about like. Um, you know, for even now, as we walk amid passing things, you teach us by them to love the things of heaven, right? Mm. So again, you know, that, that this world is passing and we're to look to the light, right? This isn't all there is. And that's, that's one of the things as we're waiting for, you know, Christ to come at Christmas time. We're also waiting for the second coming of Christ. Right. Um, so, you know. Right. Well, if that isn't motivating, I'm not sure what is, but. Well, I think it, is, I think it isn't for some people, right? Mm. I think it isn't for some people because of the way that they understand Christ, you know, because of the way that they may have been, mm. that Christ may have been used, you know, in the way that they were brought up or, you know, other things. I don't think we can just assume that it's all good when it's Jesus. I, the, that, I think it's really complicated for a lot of people. And that's one of the things we get at. That's a particular area of interest of mine is our God images. So you're yeah. talking about some of that in the future, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think sometimes, uh, I think sometimes, you know, there are parts of us that just don't have that much contact with Jesus. Right. Right. Yeah. If we have a negative view or understanding of God, of Jesus, then that's actually frightening. Scary. It can be be terrifying, you know, 
Yeah. Who was it? Dostoevsky that said, you know, it's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of the living God. You know, it's like that, 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 that is frightening for us. Or C.S. Lewis. What is it? Aslan is not a tame lion. Less highbrow. Yeah. Badger said. Paraphrasing Dostoevsky. It's in the badger, right? You know, no. And so, so, um, you know, so we want to understand what these attachments are, these bright, shiny objects are. And I'm going to really recommend that you write them down. Because when you write them down, you have to put them into words. Mm-hmm. And w- they become real in a way. They become clear in a way that, that is different than if we think about them. Because we can sometimes have some thought vagueness. We can have emotions roll in. We can have some fuzziness. that happens. We write them down. We're actually symbolizing them in words. Mm-hmm. And then that allows us to use the intellect and the will in a, in a much clearer way. So. And once you've identified something that you, you feel needs to be changed to do that cost benefit analysis, just a, a little one looking at what are the, what are the benefits of making the change and what are the disadvantages of not changing? Yep. Exactly. And writing those out. And then I would throw out, giving yourself some kind of affirmation, right? It has, it has to feel true, but an affirmation that says, you know what? I can do this. I am capable of making this change. All right. And then the next piece is deciding that you're ready to do it. And I'm going to make this a priority. Yeah. And this stuff is very pleasing to God. I mean, you may not feel it, you know, not always, it's maybe not always sensible, you know, in the sense of you can sense it, but this is, this is, this is about what God wants us to be doing in this season, is to be doing this examination of conscience, to be looking at these bright, shiny objects, to be doing this, this, um, this, uh, you know, th- this kind of change. And so I'm going to be doing it with you uh, this week. I'm going to be reviewing my life along with you guys, I hope, <laughs> along with you, you men and women, you know, like, like we'll be with this together. Right, Jerry already knows something that he's already going to do. He's ahead of the <laughs> Okay, you'll ask me about the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we're going to be doing this together. We're going to be doing this together. And, you know, we're going to encourage you to stay in touch with us. You know, you write about this. We're going to be active in the comment section on our website, Souls and Hearts, uh, under, under the show, under the Souls and Hearts show. Um, like us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, subscribe. Subscribe. And, you know, if you want us to, you know, you can, you know, join our Twitter feed. We have that, even though I don't really understand what Twitter is. We, I know we have that. So <laughs> we're all over souls and hearts is launching and we're taking over. So and come join the us. Word. Let, if you know people that think that you think might like this kind of thing, let them know. Cause we're not, we're, we're, you know, we think that word of mouth is the best way. So yes. Um, well, so Peter be still believe be loved all right we'll see you next time yep take care god bless you all